Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Under Review Show. It's the aftermath. Every Tuesday, I hang out and weep into my coffee and beer. Sometimes I have coffee in my beer and also tears. After what happens from our weekend of betting. Uh, this, of course, is the Under Review Show brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline gives us all the stats, all the insight, and the greatest place to bet in the history of sports betting. Probably. You can head there now and use the promo code REVIEW. And with that, you can get a little extra bit of money in your betting account to use the information that you are going to glean from us today to go bet on stuff. Now, we've spent seven months talking football, but there ain't no football no more. And, uh, yeah, maybe we'll talk a little XFL down the road, but not today, folks, because there's another thing to bet on that is just as fun as betting on football, and that is called basketball. Yes, I'm sure you've heard of the Association of National Basketball. And today's show we are going to dedicate to, uh, we're going we're to open that coconut up and drink the frothy milk that is mid-season of the NBA. Uh, joining me as they do every single week, my two fine compatriots, we have Mr. Sean Pfeiffer and Mr. Eric Rosenthal. Uh, Fife Dog, let's start with you. How are you, sir? Um, we're done. Like, like, uh, a distant memory is this football season. And now I know it's your wheelhouse. We get to play basketball time. I, you know, I couldn't be more excited for so many different reasons. And you say that we're done. I say that we're just getting started. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. the best mm-hmm. sport to bet on. Uh, I have, yeah. I've actually made, made my living now for the last five years betting on NBA and, and MLB, uh, specifically only those two sports. So this is, this is really something that I enjoy. Uh, I'm very passionate about the sport. I have watched it almost to a fault every single night for the last five years. Uh, find a way to, to not miss any games from the first tip-off right at 6 o'clock Eastern Standard all the way until the last game, the, the final whistle's blown. I uh, haven't missed a game in five years except for, uh, obviously, a few vacations in between. But it's it's a lot of fun. Can't wait to talk about it with you guys and hopefully uh, make some money together. Yeah, I, I know you're a massive Daily Fantasy dude as well. We should totally talk about that sometime. Um, Mr. Rosenthal, hello. Um, yes, yes, you are a massive basketball man as, as well, aren't you? You're not like a yes. massive man. Not only am I a huge basketball fan, but a fan. This is the best chance my LA Clippers have ever had to win anything in the history Agreed. of their franchise. And uh, it's, it's been an exciting time. We got Paul George, we got uh, Kawhi Leonard, and then we also have LeBron James and Anthony Davis in LA. So it's just the it's a crazy time for basketball. I've been um, paying a little too much attention to football this year with our podcast and how special the season's been. But now I'm ready to dive full into basketball again and uh just talk about who where we are at the season who we think's gonna win and uh make some money have some fun yeah love it so uh let's get right into this because both you guys do this quite a bit and for those of our faithful listeners uh who uh who've been listening to us uh, betting on football and are maybe uh big time football bettors if we're going to transition into basketball uh five dog what is what is a uh, give me one or two like just core piece of his pieces of advice you can give to somebody that wants to go in and start betting on uh, not only games nightly, but futures of basketball. How do they have to shift their perspective um, from football? That is a fantastic question to start off the podcast. I, I think it's a completely different approach to NFL, the weekly sports and in daily sports 
uh, are really completely uh, completely different in, in a lot of different sense. And the most important being basketball specifically, unlike any sport, NFL, you usually get injury news relatively early on. You know before kickoff. You know what you're dealing with because the teams have to report it. This NBA season is the first NBA season where you actually have to have the, the teams are responsible for reporting their starting lineups, their injury, who's going to be out, who's going to be in uh, 30 minutes before tip off. But with that being said, there are so many variables. There are so many moving parts in the NBA. One player being out can change the dynamic of the entire game. Uh, and obviously that's the, the same for all sports, but in NBA, you see it so much more frequently because of the daily aspect, the grind of the NBA. And, and the other thing that I would say, maybe the second talking point to that being able to be flexible, not placing your bets early on. I think that that's honestly from a traditional betting standpoint, the biggest mistake that people make in NBA is they place their bets maybe at noon or one o'clock. Guys, there are, I write an article every single day for NBA and actually just talked about this yesterday on, on a different podcast. This is something that really the article itself gets dated within a few hours. So like you could write an article about the NBA and that night's action and those night's games where when you're locking your bet in at one o'clock or releasing an article, that article doesn't really mean much two or three hours later, right, right. and neither does the bet that you're making. So in, in other words, be flexible, be on the lookout, and, and be adaptable to all of that injury news in the NBA. Uh, the other thing that I would say, too, is is just be as, as open-minded to practicing good bankroll management as possible, because this is a grind. Uh, over the course of a season, you're, you're going to be up big if you're listening to us, and hopefully we can lead you in the right direction. We're going to start with futures on today's show. Uh, but be, you know, ready to to place good bankroll management towards everything that you're doing on a daily basis instead of that weekly grind that's the NFL. It's it's just completely different. Uh, I'd love to hear what Eric has to say about the comparison between the NFL and the NBA. Wow, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. So, yeah, because yeah, there's some fundamental like 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 core pieces of betting on football that you need to do. You're watching a line. And you're, and you're grinding yeah. it out. You're, you're either betting early or betting late. And that's kind of it. There's no, there's relatively no little ground unless you're undecided and you wait for those injury reports to come out. But even then, um, there's game time decisions. There's like different factors in. But it's very, very different, I guess, with basketball because it's a little more quick turn, right? You're making a decision yeah. generally late so and, 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 you're, and you're, you've got to wait for it, whether the line's bouncing around or not, um, unless somebody knows something. Eric, any advice for people transitioning over from uh, football to basketball and, and how they're going to look at betting daily as well as futures? Well, Sean hit the nail on the head with everything he was talking about for sure. What I want to add is uh, live betting in basketball is probably one of the biggest opportunities that we'll have. I don't know how much we'll talk about it on this show, but there's a, there's a lot of opportunities in live betting. You know, a team that you think win gets down 10, 15 early. Today's game, it's so much different than it was 10 or 20 years ago. Like teams shoot th so many threes and so quickly that they can be down 10, 15 points and tied in the snap of a finger. So, um, you know, live betting teams who, who get down a lot that you think are, are better or, um, you know, ha have a hot hot shooting hand um, can really be an advantage on live betting. And then uh, futures-wise, I think there's a lot more opportunity than in football. Um, there's, a there's a lot of ways to make money where um, you can bet on teams who you, you don't necessarily think are going to win the championship, but maybe you're going to get far and you, you can hedge later. I, I think it's, it's pretty good opportunities to bet 
um, even right now on who's going to win certain divisions uh, in the NBA. Um, and sometimes those lines are, are sharper in the NFL. So I think the there's just so many more games on, on a daily basis that you can wind up winning more money in basketball just because there's more opportunities. There's five, six, 10, 12 games every single day um, where you only need to take advantage of one or two bad lines or bad futures. Uh, unlike football, where you got to wait for the, uh, the one of the games on the weekend. Yeah, great advice too. I mean, it, yeah, it's definitely going to be a transition for most people, and even myself, who just obsessively uh, that's on the NFL, but is now has to transition for NBA. Good, good advice. And you, you mentioned futures. Uh, let's get into it here because it's All Star Weekend coming up this weekend. We're basically midway point. It's a good time to look at the state of the union of the NBA for uh, for 2019-2020 and where things stand now. Let's talk about the beginning of the season. Massive trades, big movement, free agency in the NBA is like no other sport on the planet where, like, just the fortunes of fan bases shift, um, you know, by minute by minute during free agency. You can literally be the best team, um, a, a juggernaut, a proverbial dynasty to the worst team in the NBA uh, immediately. Yeah. It just has, and it's literally just happening right now. We're watching it go down and then you can be a perpetual bottom feeder. Eric, Hey, Clippers for, for years, laughing stock, right? And then boom, guess what? You're probably going to win it all. This is how the volatility of the NBA, uh, is. And then, and that's what makes futures so fun. I think last season for the first time in a very, very long time, we finally saw a team that just snuck in that sort of mid to low range, go in and win it all and make some money for some people who bet on the Toronto Raptors. Let's take a quick look right now at some conference futures, okay? And then we'll get on to the NBA championship. Um, East and West. We're going to start over with the East because the West is, is uh, by the way, just a, a, a fun it's going to be a fun debate with those, you know, there's the top bananas, a couple of bananas there. Yeah. But in the East, there's only one banana that everybody's saying. There's a single solitary banana on its stalk. Is that a banana stalk? I don't know. Um, banana vine? No, it's a banana tree. Anyway, so the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis and the boys, who looked like a buzzsaw rolling through the playoffs last year and then just got, you know, completely shut down. Well, I mean, not by the Toronto Raptors as a whole, but by one player on the Toronto Raptors. Um, they're sitting at minus 150 right now to win the Eastern Conference at mid-season. Boston Celtics, plus 600. So, I mean, that disparity is insane. Fife, talk to me here. Is is this just in Milwaukee's to lose here? Is it really, are they running? Have you seen, I've not seen, by the way, um, yeah. a, a, a gap this massive in, in quite some time. No, I mean, they're, they're the real deal. And, and you can just look back, turn back the calendar one day, look at what they did on Monday uh, against the the Sacramento Kings. They beat them by 12 points without the, the league's MVP and, and Giannis Adenabakumbo. This is a team that I firmly believe in, and it's not because of Giannis. We'll talk about some other futures here in a little bit. And I actually don't have the Bucks even coming out of the Eastern Conference this year. I think that they get Whoa. beat in the playoffs again. Hey. And I think there's some glaring – yeah, I, I really do. I think there's some glaring holes – uh, in this team. But here's what I love about them being a regular season team. They have depth. They are able to take a guy like Giannis off of the team, and they still have a max contract, Chris Middleton, who just got paid in the offseason, who can step up and fill that void and, and be the team's number one option like he was last night and be so efficient. 
You still have Eric Bledsoe, who was a perennial all-star for the Phoenix Suns, moved over, signed a max or didn't sign a max contract, but signed a big contract for Milwaukee last year. It was a four or five year deal. These players are very talented. Then you guys got guys like Brooke Lopez. He was a, a, a number one option in Brooklyn earlier on in his career. You have so much depth. Dante DiVincenzo, so many players on this team. Pat Connaughton, who, by the way, Pat Connaughton, one of the key role players off of the Milwaukee Bucks bench, he actually was drafted as a big league relief pitcher, decided to, to take the, the switch over to his talents of the NBA and got paid a lot more money. This Bucks team is deep. And guys, that's really what I'm trying to say. They're fantastic when it comes to regular season success. I think that they're going to falter when it comes time for the playoffs. That's interesting you say that too, because uh, as they rolled into the playoffs last year, I mean, they, they didn't lose a game. And they actually went up two nothing on Toronto, and then and then yeah. uh, Nick Nurse was just like, uh, "Hey, why? Can you go Nick guard Nurse that guy? Is so smart, man. Can you just go guard He's that so guy smart. now? Just to do that, go yeah. guard him." And then they, they they didn't win again. Then then it was game over. Um, but there's no Kawhi coming out. There's no Kawhi in the East anymore. I don't know. I I, I see there there was almost a formula. It felt like it. It felt like they were like, "Oh, we've got you figured out," and then they just smashed them. But um, Eric, I'd like to hear your thoughts on these. You know, Milwaukee Bucks sitting at minus one fifty to come out of the East right now. Um, I mean, that's it's it's a crazy number. But maybe Fife is crazier for thinking they're not going to do it. Is it the Celtics? Yeah. Is it the Heat? I, I, I mean, so the the apt comparison would be to who? It'd be to the Baltimore Ravens. The number one seed in the right. AFC yeah. with the league's MVP smashed right everybody to by far the best record in the league and then wound up bowing out early in the playoffs in what would a second round is, I guess, maybe where you think they're going to lose Sean to somebody. I personally don't see it. I think Giannis is the best player in the East. I don't think any of these other East teams are good enough to actually win. I love Brad Stevens, but the talent with the Celtics just isn't there. Um, like disagree. it is in Milwaukee. Um, the Sixers are a disaster for a number of reasons, and they have been um, all season. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid just haven't clicked together uh, the way they need to. And then the only other really team I see with the chance is the Miami Heat, um, who did trade for Andre Iguodala. But this is now 2020 Andre Iguodala. <laughs> this is not 2016 Andre Iguodala that we remember winning an NBA Finals MVP. He's a lot older now. I um, mean, that Miami Heat team just it isn't quite at the same level as the Bucks. So the first round series in the East for Milwaukee will be basically free. It uh, should be a sweep, max five games. And they got to win two more series with home court advantage. Uh, and it's not a it's not a one off. It's not a Lamar Jackson situation where a couple bad plays and all of a sudden your season's over. Uh, seven game series. I, I don't see Milwaukee losing to, to anybody in the East. So I, I'm interested to hear, Sean, who do you have beating Milwaukee? Is it just they'll find a way to lose or you have a team in your mind that's going to go in there and uh, win in uh, six games. Or, the or, easy or answer, easy answer would be the field against Milwaukee, which in, in my estimation is a lock. I just don't see the bucks coming out of the Eastern conference this year. I uh, really don't truly don't. Uh, and I'll give you a few different reasons why the West is the, f if you're just comparing for those that are brand new to basketball, and I know a lot of our listeners listen or follow the NFL very closely. So to, to kind of take things back and to paint this picture for you guys, the West is the super fun conference to watch. It's the running gun, fast pace, all the superstars. It, it, it's all the high scoring teams. The East ironically is the complete opposite. This is the, 
you know, you're getting muddy. You're getting in the dirt. You, these are the teams that play at slow paces and teams that are ranked in the top 10 when it comes to NBA defensive efficiency. All of these teams are elite on the defensive side of the ball, and a lot of them are well coached. Boston Celtics, Brad Stevens, arguably the number two best coach in the NBA behind Greg Popovich. I think that you could make a case that if you look at the Miami Heat and what Eric Spolster has been able to do, he's a top five coach as well and another defensive-minded coach. Philadelphia 76ers ranked number two in team defense right now. Today, if the NBA ended, they got Joel Embiid protecting the paint and one of the best perimeter defenders in Ben Simmons in the game. You look at, I mean, just up and down, Pascal Siakam and the Toronto Raptors, elite defensive unit. And then the Indiana Pacers ranked seventh best team defense in the entire NBA as well. They got Victor Oladipo back a week ago. So, like, you're looking at a conference in the East that is predicated around defense. And, and honestly, I'm saying all of this because if you can stop Giannis, like the Raptors did with what he was talking about last year, if you can extend his game, make him shoot threes, I don't give a shit if he's been efficient behind the three-point line so far this season. He will not in the playoffs. This is not a pure shooter. This is somebody that if you can make shoot, you're, you're going to win the game. And we saw that last year in the playoffs. These teams are well-coached. They have amazing perimeter defenders, and a lot of good elite rim protectors. I can see the Celtics coming out of the East. I can see the Heat with all of these pickups. They picked up Jay Crowder, who's been playing on a different level. Everybody's talking about Andre Iguodala. Jay Crowder, coming to the Heat too, is a huge addition for this team. Sixers, if you've been watching the news, they're all super motivated. Joel Embiid's called all of his players out for being soft. This is something like they're trying to get their identity. And, and they, Josh Richardson's been out for the, the Philadelphia 76ers for the last three weeks as well. He'll be back. He'll be active. And their team's starting to get healthy. And like I said, Victor Oladipo for this Indiana Pacers team just came back two weeks ago. There's a lot of depth, a lot of defense, and really, in my estimation, way better co coaching uh, than Budenholzer for this Milwaukee Bucks team. I just don't see the Bucks making it to the conference or to the finals this year. Okay, well, I mean, there's an explanation if I've, heard, <laughs> if I've ever heard one. Eric, I hope that filled your little bucket up there. Uh, appreciate that, and uh, I like that angle. I like that angle there. I mean, so you go against the field there because it is it's it gets really tight. Team uh, two through five in that too. By the way, it goes yeah. like Bucks at minus one one fifty, but then it goes like Celtics plus six, Heat plus seven, Sixers plus seven. Take your pick. Raptors plus eight. Yeah, yeah it's it's like it's a very very. Very, very tight, like, grouping there, which makes it tough. But I, I agree with you. There was definitely a strange thing that happened last year when they went, like I said, they were a buzzsaw, and then it just goes, oh, wait a second. You know, as soon as Kawhi started guarding them, I mean, it, it, it was game over. It felt like it anyway. Um, let's move over to the West, which is, which is yeah, this is it. This is like, uh, this is showtime here, right? This is, this is uh, shock and awe and, like, guys juggling on unicycles. It's a wild, the Wild West um, right now, currently, Lakers sitting on top of this, though, to uh, to win an NBA championship. Or, sorry, to come out of the Western Conference to get to the uh, NBA Finals. Plus 175. But the Clippers are only plus 200. Now, there's, that's a dual banana 
That's a dual banana because they're so close. Next up, Rockets at plus 700, and then Nuggets and Jazz rounded out at uh, their top five at plus 900. So there definitely is some disparity when you get three through five um, here, but once again, not in the same way that there is such a, a gap between one and um, you know, even three like there is in the Eastern Conference. Eric, talk to me a bit about it. These are, these are your, you're in and around these teams. Your Clippers are right there. It, people are, it's, it's almost a coin toss between these two teams since the beginning of the season, frankly. Um, you know, where do you sit with this? Is there more value in these Clippers? Um, do, do you see things changing for the second half of the season? Is this a mileage issue? Young versus old? Talk to me. Well, the first thing I want to establish with both of you is, do you think it's going to be L.A., whether that's Lakers or Clippers, or the field? Because the two L.A. teams are favored. I and many other people believe that'll be the Western Conference Finals. The two L.A. teams, both of the Staples Center in L.A., home court advantage, won't matter too much since nobody will have to travel anywhere for a whole seven-game series, which would be cool. But let's just establish that. Do you think D, and then uh, I'll start with you. Are you taking L.A. or the field to come out of the West? You get both L.A. teams. Yeah, if I'm going to start, well, I, I just look at it and I go, like, who can surprise me? Who can Raptors me out of the last, the rest of the list? Uh, Rockets, no. Are, are They're just going to get steamrolled. Like, no, no. Maybe the Jazz feel okay. The Jazz feel the jazz. like they got something there. They got a bit of moxie, uh, the Utah Jazz. Uh, but I don't know. I don't think so. I don't. It, it just seems silly right now. The way they're playing right now, you know, guys are resting up too. Um, yeah, I got to take one of these LA teams right now. Okay, and Sean, are you are you taking an LA team or do you have a surprise as well? And don't give me your no, Houston Rock. Yeah, yeah. You no, pick no, no, the Houston no, no, Rock. No, no. You might hang up this podcast right now. Oh no. I mean, listen, man. They don't. They don't need a center to win games. Apparently, they they went out and beat <laughs> LA just the other week without a starting center. Um, no, it's it's definitely going to be a team in LA, and I'll, I'll give my selling point here in a little bit for which LA team. There's no doubt in my mind that it's going to be one of those two teams representing the West this year. My take at the beginning of the year is completely different than my take now. So I guess I'll just tease you with that. And Eric, here's another tease. Uh, the Lakers and Clippers aren't going to play in the conference finals this year. Oh, they aren't. No, they're wow. not going to. Oh. So my, my guess is you, you have uh, the Lakers going down to Utah in the, in the second round or something. But um, so down to the Lakers and Clippers, that's what I think it's going to be. That's what um, I think everyone should think it's going to be. Those are the best two teams in the league. It's all set up. The league would like that. The, the best players are in L.A., now, you look at the regular seasons, the Lakers are 40 and 12, which is incredible. Lake, the Clippers at 37 and 16. You might ask, well, why do I like the Clippers better uh, if that's the case? Well, the Lakers have been, quote, going for it in the regular season. The Clippers have uh, arrested Kawhi Leonard and Paul George throughout the season uh, with preparation when they signed them both or, or signed and traded for George that they knew the regular season did not matter basically at all. Um, Kawhi just went through it in Toronto where he load managed his way through a season and then won at the biggest stage. We just talked about the East last year uh, and their upset of Milwaukee. He hit that big shot to knock out the Sixers, um, which was incredible. Kawhi Leonard has obviously been there last year. He's the reigning best player in the league, NBA Finals MVP. And until something changes, you know, he has that mantle, uh, even though LeBron's done so much in his career. So Paul George... 
as well with the Clippers, two elite wing defenders. They have Patrick Beverly. They just traded for Marcus Morris, which is a big addition where the Lakers did almost nothing at the trade deadline. I think the Clippers are much better suited for a playoff run than the Lakers are, who have been um, doing everything they can to win all these regular season games that aren't going to ultimately matter, especially having home court. You get a game seven, hypothetically, against the Clippers in L.A. I don't think it matters too much. So Clippers are playing the smart. They're playing to win the NBA Finals other than be showy and make uh, headlines and news during the regular season. Uh, I really like the Clippers at plus 200, I think. Not only are they going to win the Western Conference, I think they'll win the NBA Finals. And uh, it's a little a chiefsy to me. You got the guy who should be the Super Bowl MVP in Patrick Mahomes. And you got the guy who will be the NBA Finals MVP in Kawhi Leonard. You know, they're not the uh, the sexiest, best record in the league. That was Lamar Jackson. That's the Lakers. That's the Bucks. But in the end, the uh, the team that plays uh, has really the best player at the moment is going to win the NBA Finals. Okay. Okay. Got it. You guys, uh, we're going to move on, talk a little all-star. But before we do, who's your dark horse out of the East, each of you, and your dark horse out of the West, who am I going to put my money on if, if if we're just looking to throw some money at a big bet instead of because uh, all, all three of us are like it's Milwaukee and then it's an LA team, but we got to uh, choose one. Fife, you go. Give me your East. Uh, give me your East dark horse and then your West dark horse. Yeah, absolutely. Let me just really quickly say that as far as the West and who comes out of the West, I think that the Clippers is what my head wants to say. And the Lakers is what my heart wants to say. I think this Kobe narrative is just all the stars aligning for the Lakers to just do something special uh, and make a run this season. Uh, my, my head completely agrees with everything that Eric said. And then I also just want to touch on, on the point that I, I was saying earlier about the Western Conference Finals. I think the Clippers slide down to the four or five seed this year. Uh, and I think that the reason is this. I think Doc Rivers is a genius, and I don't think he cares about the regular season. It's indicative in what he's already done with the load management uh, with Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard. He could care less yep. about the regular season. We've seen Paul George miss games. We've seen Kawhi Leonard miss every single back-to-back so far this year. I, I really don't think he cares about the regular season, and I think that the Denver Nuggets are, are the Milwaukee Bucks of the Western Conference. Uh, I think that they care everything about the regular season. Same with the Utah Jazz. Uh, and I could see the Houston Rockets sneaking into the three or four seed too. So in my estimation, I mean, if you're a four or five seed, I think the Lakers are going to keep that number one seed this year. I don't see anybody catching their standing. So if you're going to be a four or five seed, you're not going to match up in the Western Conference Finals. You're going to want match up a little bit earlier in the playoffs than that. Uh, so with that being said, moving on to my dark horse in the Eastern Conference, I think that the Atlanta Hawks are really fun to bet on. Oh, uh, and I, Listen, I, I don't think Jeez. that this is a smart bet, so I'll, I okay. guess I'll just start by saying that. I think that right. this is, you're, you're throwing oh, something. That was not the, the criteria. It was not smart bet. It was hey. just who, who, who you can yeah, this is, yeah, this is yeah. fun. Yeah. Atlanta. Oh. I mean, it helps if Absolutely. it's a smart bet, but it was not criteria, yeah. though, Eric. It was not, yeah. yeah, there was not a parameter in his decision. Yeah, this is, listen, we're, we're throwing, this is a, a <laughs> from a daily fantasy sports term, this is a GPP dart, Eric. This is what I'm saying here is this. The Atlanta Hawks, just hear me out. Atlanta Hawks just picked up Clint Capella, right? Mm. They just said that they want to be a contender with this deal that they just made with the Houston Rockets. Now, all of a sudden, John Collins slides down to power forward. Kevin Herter, who's super competent and has been playing at an all-star level over the last three games. You got Kevin Herter starting at the shooting guard. You got their top draft pick this year, DeAndre Hunter at small forward. Cam Reddish, the dookie off the bench. And Trey Young, who's the starting point guard in the Eastern Conference in the all-star game. This lineup is a playoff lineup. 
100% in my estimation. I believe in the Atlanta Hawks. I think that their young nucleus is going to do really good things in the seasons following. And think about this. Say that right now I think they're nine and a half games out of the eight seed. Say they go on a run in the second half of the season and they sneak into that eight seed because right now the eight seed in the Eastern Conference is going to be well below 500 anyways. They sneak into the eight seed. I mean, think about it this way, Eric, and then I'll, I'll pitch it to you to hear maybe your, your East dark horse and your West. But think about this. What about the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks like a decade ago? Whenever we saw the eight seed upset that number one seed, what happens when they take on the Bucks, who I think are fraudulent, and you see something crazy like that happening? Then all of a sudden they build momentum from the second half. They build momentum in the first round upset, and they carry that through the playoffs. I, listen. You're getting a plus 15,000 for the Atlanta Hawks. I, why not? Why not? Why not? All right. Okay. That's Why that's, not is because you – That's your dark, dark horse. Everybody you know needs to be drug tested immediately yeah, for probably. that take. I'm, I have a contact high no, right now for my headphones. Consumed intentionally or unintentionally to make you say the words that just came out of your mouth about the Atlanta I Hawks. It. I love I everything am, about it. Confused, oh. befuddled, scared, amazed. a little bit. Yeah, and I'm gonna shame. get the source to find out some other words of my just bewilderment <laughs> of your statement about the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> the Atlanta Hawks uh, is the most insane thing I've ever heard in my life. I love okay. it. Okay, well, let's move on. Come on, Dark Horse, <laughs> Utah Jazz, West, East. I don't love it, but the Philadelphia 76ers have the highest ceiling in the East. They just they have Giants and Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and yeah. uh, I don't think they will win. But when you have people that big and tall and just athletic, anything could happen. Yeah. Uh, but let's move on from there. Oh my goodness, the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, you're, you're reeling. You're reeling over there. Hey, uh, you know it's really boring. Is I both had the Jazz and the Sixers were mine too. So that's lame. We're gonna move on because huh? I'm just being lame. Because uh, yeah, I think I think they're both uh, they're 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 set up. They got the talent. I mean, at the end of the day. Uh, um, it's the NBA, and they've got a couple of guys that uh, can just carry it, you know, get hot, get good. Um, I think they both, both those teams, uh, Utah Jazz a little less so, but uh, Sixers have just not got their shit together this season yet. Um, and if they do, they're scary. And that's and that's all there is to it. And that would be not even that dark of a horse. They could make a bit of a run and uh, and, and go for it. So, uh, so there you have it. Let's talk uh, All-Star, guys. NBA All-Star game. There's, uh, you know, the, the four basic major three major events that go down besides the game that we're going to talk about um there's no odds up on the game though as far as i know right now because we don't really know what the game is do we um yet aren't they changing it up what's going on with that uh does anybody have some insight into what's happening for the nba yeah absolutely they're doing a kobe tribute yeah so that's i understand it's a kobe thing and and it's completely uh top secret and they're nobody really knows what the teams are going to look like or anything do they Super, super simple. It's almost East versus West after the uh, the draft. Right. Uh, it almost shook out that way. Like there's a uh, two or three players from each side that that are flipped. But basically, they're doing what's called an Elam ending. Um, the first three quarters will all be scored the same, except just whoever wins the quarter wins money for charity. So that's there's some weird rules on that. Like winning an actual quarter is uh, is more important this year. It doesn't affect the final score. Somehow you win money for charity. I don't exactly know, but uh, the fourth quarter will be a, a race to 24 points. Um, so it, it's unique. There's no line yet. I don't know if we'll be betting on the Yellowstone game or what. There'll be something there. But I want to no. talk about 
the three point contest. Yeah, because, let's get it, let's get into that here. Yeah, there's a guy who is so dominant, so good at basketball, at plus four fifty. I mean, this guy Trey Young is not only going to lead the Hawks to a 27 game win streak. <laughs> yes, the yes, apparently yes. upset Giannis in the Bucks, then beat yes. the six, then beat whoever yes. else, then. The combination of yes. both LA yes. teams in the NBA Finals, and he's only plus four fifty to win the three point contest. So Trey Young, um, apparently to, to win Uh-oh. that is is almost free money. And I want to mention uh, Davis David Bertans as well at plus five hundred. Seems kind of interesting. Uh, your sleepers, your let's three hear point your thoughts on that, Sean, because uh, you, you got your your favorite player ever um, in, in the contest. Trey Young, man. Listen, so much shade was just thrown my direction, but it's okay. I I, I will live under uh, under a little shade right now. I'm, I'm comfortable doing so. Uh, Trey Young is an in-game shooter in my estimation, so I actually don't love him being a spot-up, you know, set-and-shoot player from this game where you're going to have to shoot from all over the court. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. I think Trey is amazing, obviously good enough to, to pull off – a plus 15,000 bet. Uh, but with that being said, I, I really like Duncan Robinson. Uh, for those that don't know anything about this kid, on, he's on the Miami Heat, and he is absolutely filthy. This guy hits jump shots with three people in his face. Uh, he has one of the most pure shots that I've seen in a long time, and, and he's a very good set-and-shoot player. So this is somebody that I think the odds are actually spot on. Uh, he is currently tied with Damian Lillard, as the favorite. I hate Dame. Um, and I'll just say again, he's an in-game shooter, uh, similar to Trey Young. These are guys that love to shoot off the dribble. Uh, love that they can pull up, I mean, from, you know, 35 feet. They can pull up from anywhere on the court as soon as they pass half court uh, and, and hit jump shots and contested shots at that. But I, I like the guys like Joe Harris. Uh, he was the one that won it last year. And Duncan Robinson. These are the players that I think are more equipped for a three-point contest. Guys, do you think that this is like a uh, like a buy year for the three-point contest, considering who's not in it um, and who should be, you know, due to injury and stuff? Like, is this is this really, you know, you know I mean, this is not a star. I mean, I guess Dame Lillard aside, maybe a bit of Trey Young. This is not a star-studded, jam-packed three-point contest, is it? You're saying this is like the 94-95 Michael Jordan baseball years of the... uh, It sort of feels like a little bit, guys. It kind of does. Yeah, no Steph and no Clay for those that don't know what he was alluding. Yeah, I think think it'll be fun to watch. And I think you're going to see some some guys that a lot of people haven't heard of win this competition. Yeah, like, I don't Uh, know, the entire board of guys. Um, (laughs) So, hold on. (laughs) <laughs> Let's get each of your opinion. What what is what are Stephen Clay's odds if they're in this right now? So they come in a fully healthy Stephen Clay, healthy, yeah, fully one hundred percent healthy. They roll into to this. Uh, what is the what is the line? What is what is the line on a Steph or a Clay? Minus minus seven hundred. Yeah, yeah, it's like, silly. Just something absurd. I'm joking, by the way. It's probably like a minus one fifty or minus yeah. two hundred, but. Yeah, those guys are just insane, insane at, at this contest. I know, but it, it makes this one a little bit more fun too. I think, though, because of that, there's no obvious uh, uh, front runner. Um, let's talk about the uh, All Star Skills Challenge because this, if anything, this is going to win for like best um, basketball names um, sweepstakes <laughs> if there was one. Right? There's like, I mean, if, if anytime a Spencer Dinwiddie comes anywhere. And hangs out with you, you it's going to be a big 
it's going to be a, a, a phenomenal afternoon. Um, my money's on, uh, on, on mini Sabonis. Uh, but Eric, let me get your opinions here on the all-star skills challenge. Are you going to, are you betting on this? Are you throwing your money down? One, of course I'm betting on this. Yeah. But two, oh, um, Sabonis at plus 800. I like a lot. Love it. Um, odds are from, uh, from bet on bet online or friends over there. Um, my key on the all-star skills count skills challenge is who actually cares and who wants to win? <laughs> oh, I thought you just meant any of us. Like, I don't really, but yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's the number <laughs> this one. This is my favorite bet of the whole weekend, this competition, right? Yeah, you, my you, favorite bet of the- I love it. In suspicion, Sean, do you like Patrick Beverly at plus 600? I hate him. I hate Patrick. You hate him? I, hate- I, I like okay. Beverly because that's a guy who just, he loves winning. He's going to try his heart out. He cares I agree with that. I agree every with that. moment. And some of these guys are going to just loft through it, not have practiced it at all. Because, again, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, they're going to have some yeah, fun with fun it. for us to bet on. So uh, I'm not going to make any wagers now. I'm going I'm to look for some quotes. I'll get back to you guys. Um, but see who who's going to try the hardest and actually wants to win. And I think Pascal Siakam just won a championship. I don't need to go there. Bam Adebayo is not skilled enough. I can't go there. Patrick Beverly seems like the guy to me who really wants to care and win. Jason Tatum at plus 500 seems like a good a good longer shot as well. This is by far my favorite bet of the weekend. And honestly, this is one of my favorite bets, including all futures that we just talked about. Uh, you have to cross three different criteria when you're talking about this challenge. One, you have guards versus forwards. I always want to live in the forwards bracket because typically the, the competition's weaker in the forwards bracket. So if you're competing against the other four forwards, you want to be the most skilled big man at passing and shooting. You have to shoot, so that's that's one. Two, you got to be able to shoot, right? We, we know that there is a three-point shot where if you don't hit it on your first time or your second time, you got to keep shooting, Right. Uh, that means that you can cross off a few different people from this list because I know that they're not going to be hitting any threes. And then the third is what Eric just talked about, the heart. you you got to actually care about this competition. I think that Jason Tatum is like head and shoulders above the rest of the field because he can pass, he can shoot, and he cares. Always. He has a lot of passion. So he checks all three boxes. He's clearly the most talented forward on the board. Uh, Pascal Siakam, he can do a lot of stuff, but he can't really pass and he can't really shoot. So he's probably going to miss his first two three-point shots. DeMontis Sabonis can't shoot at all. So he'll be standing at the three-point line. He'll probably brick both of his shots and then have to be forced to run across the court. Bam out of bio. Like, can you imagine this guy trying to shoot threes? I don't even know if he's hit five the whole season. So you have four or three other forwards, which just for those that don't understand, if Jason Tatum gets through these three, he has a clear shot at the finals against one of the other guards. So he has an easy road to get to the finals. Uh, And then he'll be playing against Dinwiddie or Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Patrick Beverly, uh, any of these other guys, Chris Middleton uh, would actually be my pick to come out of the guard division with this class. But all of these other guards, I mean, really, Spencer Dinwiddie, he's not a great shooter. Shea Gilgis-Alexander isn't a good shooter at all. Uh, Patrick Beverly isn't a fantastic shooter either. So it's like I- I'm not worried about really any of the guards except for Chris Middleton. And there's a good chance that, like you said, Eric, Pat Bev gets to the finals just because he's hustling harder than everybody. I could see that happening. And I'd take Jason Tatum over Pat Beverly every single time. So Tatum, lock it in. Plus 500, my favorite bet of the weekend. Bought a big uh, and better hit. After after your explanation, the most detailed all-star skills challenge uh, of all time breakdown in the history of the world. But 
Yeah. All right, Jason Tatum plus five hundred. Let's, let's roll. I love it. I mean, you're almost going to make me come off of Demanis Botus a little bit. Hey, uh, let's talk about the uh, the worst um, of all sports, um, all star skills related um, competitions <laughs> aside from the few years in the NHL when they decided to do like the the breakaway fancy goal thing, which was horrific. Uh, but consistently, pound for pound, the dunk contest is generally the worst thing to watch, right? Is this the, it's the biggest disappointing um, kind of fun all-starry thing that exists, I would say. Would you guys agree with me or disagree? I mean, like NFL this year went with uh, dodgeball and it's just like, well, that's just game over. That's a bunch of high octane athletes playing dodgeball. Like that'll just, I'll watch that as an actual sport for the rest of my life. But I cannot say with certainty that I don't ever get disappointed. Like I really get up for the dunk con- contest. We're all waiting for 2000 to come back. Um, and then, uh, and then it never does. And now you've got a line, uh, Aaron Gordon's a hell of a friggin' dunker, but you got Dwight Howard. He's a 74 years old. Um, Pat <laughs> Connaughton and Derek Jones Jr. There's only four guys in it. Uh, I, I know that Aaron Gordon's a, a, he's pretty spectacular, but I mean, guys, where are your heads at? Are you even going after this? Like, do you, do you do the same? Do you agree with me, Eric, in in how I like interpret the the dunk contest and what it does to me? Yeah, you're completely right. Aaron Gordon though was robbed of the win in the maybe the greatest gun dunk he was. Of all yeah, time. yeah, I agree. I agree. That exactly. was I mean, yeah. yeah. So I think if I, if I had to pick, he's my guy. He's been super unique, improved it before. And then he's also got the. Uh, the legacy vote, maybe people feel like they owe him a little bit for getting robbed. I, I can see him trending on Twitter with the, the, that previous dunk contest and then people getting all hyped for it, thinking that he should have won and a few extra votes go his way. Plus, he's just shown how, how amazing of a dunker he is. So um, no one really watches him there in Orlando. So I, I've got to go with Aaron Gordon, also a University of Arizona uh, alum. So I'm rolling with him. Yeah. Awesome. Five Aaron five. Gordon's coming in hot too. He had a, a ceiling game last night for uh, the DFS players out there. I think he scored 46 FanDuel points. So something to uh, maybe he carries some momentum into the, the dunk contest. Who knows? Plus 140 I, favorite D, right now. What were you saying, D? Plus 140 favorite right now is uh, it's not too shabby. Yeah, not bad. I, I'm, I'll agree with you on the fact that the dunk contest, I mean, this is not a very uh, star studded dunk contest this year. Uh, but I'll disagree about just watching. I, I love watching the dunk contest. I think it's super fun to watch. So maybe I'm the minority here. Uh, but it's something I think that it I mean, can just, be. It it yeah. has been. There have been moments. Yeah, it hasn't been. But but yeah. overall, pound for pound, the the disparity between how often you get something super awesome to watch and how often it's like for like it's just the Far worst snooze yeah. machine is pretty big. Pretty big. Anyways. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I remember like the Nate Robinson dunk contest yeah, and like the, the, yes. the Vince Carter. I mean, obviously that dunk obviously. contest was the best ever. Uh, Kobe. D. I mean, Brown. Dunk contest. Yeah, there was. So, I mean, even Michael D. Jordan, Brown? like if you really want to turn back the calendar, like those, those were super fun contests. So yeah. I, I, it has a special place in my heart, this contest, but you're right. I mean, it's been pretty lackluster recently. Yeah. I'm going to take the, uh, the biggest dog here. I'm going to take Dwight Howard. I, I think that he always puts on a show. Um, I think that this game 
this contest suits his personality really well. I think he'll bring out all the theatrics. I think he'll be jumping over cars or, you know, putting stickers on the top of the backboard like we've seen in the past. Like he's he's definitely somebody who will appeal to the crowd. Uh, and I could see him winning it. And don't sleep. I mean, both honestly, like if this competition is is really as open as I think it could be, why not take a shot on the biggest underdog? And, and Pat Connaughton, too, here, I told you, he's a former baseball player. He got drafted to be an MLB player. It's crazy. Uh, now he's in the dunk contest and playing for the best team in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Pat Connaughton, nobody's heard of the guy. The guy can fly. He really can. So I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe Dwight, maybe Pat Connaughton. This, in my estimation, this competition's wide open. Well, I'm going Eric Gordon all day long. He's going to be it's a big comeback. But your nostalgia for nostalgia's uh, sake, plus 500 is going to make you a bit of money at least on Dwight Howard. Exactly. Gentlemen, Why thank not? you so much for uh, talking a little NBA with us on this fine Tuesday morning. Um, of course, folks, if you uh, if you want to bet on some of this stuff, head to betonline.ag. That's where all these odds and lines that we get are from. Um, this is uh, they're they're nice enough to give us a little uh, a little bonus. If you use the promo code review when you're signing up and depositing in your account, you're going to get a little extra money uh, courtesy of the people at Bet Online. This, of course, has been the under review show. This is the aftermath, and you're going to find us coming back next week and talking about how we screwed up or didn't in our bets from the week and weekend before. On behalf of Eric Rosenthal and Sean Pfeiffer, thank you for tuning in. We'll talk to you very soon. Adios, muchachos.